This is the Medical Matters Podcast, a program which brings direct information, engaging discussion, and insight into the current state and issues surrounding healthcare. Now, here's your hosts, Dr. Peter Breyer and nurse practitioner Kelly McCormick. On today's episode, we want to talk about. Um... Oh boy. The middleman. The middleman. Yeah, I know. That's why I had to say, oh boy. Oh boy. Yeah. Um, big health. They big, call it. yeah. Big health. Who's, who's, um, profiting most from healthcare and, 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 and who are they? Who are these people? Who, the who are those masked men? <laughs> Insurers, chemists, drug distributors. And pharmacy benefit managers. Also known as PBMs. PBMs. Now, I'm not sure about chemists, where they come Yeah, I don't know that. where that but, comes in. Uh, these people sit between patients and the providers of care. And, and so interestingly, those in this, though, they, oh, yeah, they did say insurers. And then, and obviously, insurers are a huge middleman between the patient and um, the healthcare system, the hospitals, your private family doctors, your cardiologist, your neurologist, your whoever you see. And, and if you're wondering why uh, your healthcare bill is so expensive, uh, these PBMs or, or big health, I should say, equated to 45% of America's healthcare bill, up from 25%. In 2013, so they're slowly eating into the pie and eroding healthcare by by uh, corrupting it and uh, stealing the money. Really, that's old, that people are overcharged to begin with. Right, exactly. You know, it's interesting because I think we read that um, that America's healthcare is the cost of it's like twice the amount of money than other um, industrialized countries. Right. And there's no doubt about it. And uh... So the question is, you know, why? <laughs> and in, in, in that um, two times the cost for, for the care, you know, are the American citizens really getting the care that they need and deserve. And and is that quality there? Um, Or are we just paying for all this extraneous for these big companies and stuff to have added profit? I mean, in here it said that United Healthcare is like the largest of the insurance systems with um, multi, multi billions of dollars, three hundred twenty-four um, billion in revenues last, last year, year, behind only Walmart, Amazon, Apple, and Exxon Mobil. And um, another way of looking at it is that uh, these big health companies accounts for eight of the top twenty-five companies by revenue in the S and P five hundred. So, like to me, on some level, I feel like that there has to be something done, right? Because this is, to me, this is like unsustainable. And then not only that, you have, you know, like United Healthcare, I think also is part of the like advantage plans where they receive monies from, you know, the federal right. government, the, you know, through Medicare to, to manage, you know, patients' care, et cetera, et cetera. And 
you know, I, I don't know. Is there is the lobbying forces in I'm down sure in DC biggest lobbyists in, groups in, in there trying to keep this going? But I, I think I think our Congress and legislators and everything have a duty to the American public because you know nothing about all of this. You know, merging talks about. You know, company after company after healthcare system, you know, swallowing each other up and merging and merging and merging and, you know, telling us for the last, I don't know, 20 years that that it's going to benefit everybody, that it's going to benefit everybody (laughs) and it's going to lower costs. And I'm not sure that. I'm, I can't even say I'm not sure. I'm not even going to say I'm not sure. I know it has not. And and how do well, we know that? Why? Because because people's deductibles for their health care benefits went from being you know a thousand or two thousand dollar deductibles to being five, ten, twelve, fifteen thousand dollar a year deductibles. And the costs of their insurance out of their out of pocket costs for the expense of their um, policies, even through their employers, have increased. Tremendously. United, United Healthcare has 150 million customers. Well, there's there's 300 and what is uh, there? 340 which is million. About half of all Americans, almost half. Of exactly. All it's absolutely and, uh, absurd. It's a monopoly. It's America's 12th most valuable company. It's a monopoly. Well, it's it's an oligarchy. Oligarchy. All righty. Sorry. <laughs> Excuse me. CVS Health is pretty big. That makes alone made up a quarter of all pharmacy sales. Just three PBMs of the pharmacy intermediaries handled eighty percent of all prescription claims. Believe it or not. So the middlemen, the middlemen, and ninety-two percent of all drugs flow through three wholesalers. And they're not, and they're not passing the savings along to. So they're negotiating with, with drug companies for prices. Right. That then go to the pharmacy, but well, the, the pharmacy is the PBM in the CVS. Yeah, but then they're not passing. PBM. So they're making money on the patient for the drugs that they're, they're getting they're to start money with. In the PBM, and then they're making, and they're making money, money, money the on. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and let me tell you, you know, I've been to some of these places. Honestly, you Wait, know, CVS. Yes. Okay. Terrible <laughs> customer service. Well, now let's not let's not. Say I'm just that saying my personal. At some point in time, I'm saying yes. most of my interactions have not been great interactions. You know, well, there's a big with, sign in most in a lot of the pharmacies, not only CVS. What that we that don't provide customer service? No, no, that pharmacists are needed. There's a shortage of pharmacists. There's a shortage of pharmacy technicians. So they have trouble. You know. So so what does that what is so what does that tell you? But, but to what me that tells to the independent pharmacy. To That's me that that to me that tells you tells you a lot about the whole system, in in a big in a big way. When you have a an area, and we can kind of include nursing in that as well, um, but pharmacy. So. You know what? What is what is important? You know these poor pharmacists are probably work like dogs to to get you know <laughs> yes, to fill as right to fill as many from independent practitioners to simple employees to, 
to now they're professional to employees along the mechanical, you know, mechanical belt. They it makes me think of Lucy and Ethel with the conveyor belt putting in all the those candies in their mouth. You know, I, I just I just can see why I don't care. <laughs> so y- you you can't and and CVS, uh, you know, bought Aetna, the insurance insurance company. Mm. No, so I think CVS. They did buy them. No, yeah. I think they wanted to, and I don't think they sold. Are they offering? They were off. Yeah, but they didn't. They bought somebody else instead. Cigna, another big insurer, swallowed Express Scripts. Right. For sixty-seven billion. Yeah, it's it's all absolutely absurd. If you have that kind of money. To be buying up companies and and da 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 da, and just making the whole your whole system, you know, it, huge and and and, and when you think greedy about it, who actually provides the healthcare, the physicians, the nurses, exactly the people the who are actually doing the work at the bedside and in the offices, et cetera, et cetera. The, um, the worker bees get paid yeah. very little compared to. You know, what some, some of, of these, these other people are, are getting. executives make. Yes. Yeah. They're also expanding in the primary care clinic, so they're employing physicians. So that really gives them control over the care. Well, a, think about yeah. physicians well, losing control, I mean, that's... So, and part of that control comes in the, in the form of, you know, having productivity um, metrics. Right. Having to see this uh, X a physician every uh, or a patient every ten minutes, or what they say. call they call them RV, RVUs, mm-hmm. you know, revenue RVU revenue something units. Revenue units. Or yep. Something. Yep. And the you more know, units you make, the uh, the more money you make. The more money RVUs, you make. The more money you, you make, make. Right. For, the, um, for yourself and for the, the company for the system. Yeah. Right. right. Yeah, I th- I think. You know, there are so many things wrong with our system. That it just They're never going to be fixed. And it's just going to be one big, hellacious snowball going down the mountainside um, until it just becomes an avalanche, until it collapses. Until it collapses. Yeah, and then um, what will happen? And then what will happen? Exactly. Well, will never collapse. Well, <laughs> but I, I can't imagine that it can continue to be sustainable. Not at with these prices. The levels that it is. Because we said that, that 20 is. years ago. We yeah, said the same but thing what 20 was... years ago that it was unsustainable, the, impro- the, the increases in health care. And here it is 20 years later, and health care is still increasing the prices. And it's no, well, I guess it's worse off than it was. It seems worse. It, so let's see. I'm going to see. It's, it's monopolized in the last 20 years. It's become monop- monopolistic, and uh, there's been consolidation in the healthcare industry, and the outcomes are worse. A hundred million people. This is January 2022. Hundred million people in America are saddled with medical debt. Let's see if we can find out that what that was in tw- in 2000 or to what is it 2003. United Healthcare. Is employs seventy thousand doctors now. 
CVS runs 1,100 neighborhood clinics this year and paid $18 billion for two companies focused on lucrative elderly care market. I don't know what that means. But at any rate, these they're buying up the primary care. Now, that may be a mistake. <laughs> Doctors are very hard to control. So I, I don't know. You know, there were a lot of, uh, if you remember years ago, some of these healthcare integrative networks that tried to include physicians as owners and they couldn't get it working right. It didn't, you know, it didn't, wasn't profitable. The patients didn't like it. Right. And uh, this could happen with some of these, with CVS's foray into primary care. I can't, I'm not sure that that's. You know, pe people are paying a lot of money. And I mean, when I say people, I also include their insurance companies, right? Because that is, they're kind of one and the same, right? So I feel like for me personally, if I'm going to see a provider, I expect for whatever my copay is, plus whatever the insurance company is paying that provider, that hospital, that radiology department, whatever, I expect a certain level of care. They're being well paid. You know, if if you go out to a fine restaurant, you, you have you have a certain level of expectation, right? I have that same level of expectation when I receive care. You don't expect to go out to a restaurant and then end up in the back cooking your meal, do you? <laughs> right? You don't. Right? You have an expectation. I've had some pretty cruddy meals in, hey. in some restaurants lately. So but I'm just saying, you, I don't you know. have a particular expectation. <laughs> but I definitely have an expectation when I see a healthcare provider to get competent care. Exactly. For them to take the time that they need to see me and take an interest in my case. Right. Answer and your questions and records, do those things. Take right. the time to review my records and and look at my labs, et cetera, and take time to get back to me and let me know what's going on or right. what their feelings are. So that's still responsibility of the primary care provider to do that, though. In spite of all these PBMs and insurers and Right, shops. all squashing them and, and telling them what they <laughs> need to do and how many and people they need to see. and vice presidents. Exactly. You know, I think there's still the communication between the patient and the provider. Right. And hopefully that'll at least that hopefully will well it's been invaded upon by several state legislatures, but uh, that's another story. But it's uh, the, the it should be sacred between the provider and the patient, I think. And it's these insurers well, insurers, PBMs, uh, and the government are all interfering in this process between doctors, hospitals, patients, and uh, and I don't know where it's going. I don't think it's going to end anywhere. I don't know. No, it's it's gonna it's not going to end until it implodes on itself. Uh, there are. Lawmakers and regulators are looking into the PBMs, especially for setting the drug prices 
There's four different bills in Congress to regulate PBMs. But, you know, you can almost guarantee on, they're not going to pass. Right. But what they need to do is not just focus on one area, because they've been focusing on them for years and nothing has come from it. You know, it's all aspects of the healthcare system that that need a redo and, and an adjustment um, and, a, and a fix. It's not just... It's not just one particular, you know, if, if you fix the PBMs, it still doesn't fix, right. doesn't fix the ridiculous costs of, of insurance premiums that people well, pay. The PBMs, the problem with the PBMs, I think people can understand this, is that the PBMs, there's three PBMs and they distribute, they buy the drugs from the, from the drug companies and distribute the drugs to pharmacies or directly direct to consumers, one or the other. And uh, they therefore negotiate a discounted price with the drug companies. And then they mark that and price then up. They take a portion of those profits for themselves, in addition to the other profits they already have, the 5 or 10% markup they get. And then they tack on another 10%, maybe. With so the question begs, do, do patients, do hospital systems, do pharmacies, do they need to have middlemen? Do we need these people? No, we no. really don't need these people. Why can't Pfizer or whoever sell the drug directly to the consumer or to the pharmacy? Or to, Medicare, to Medicare or to whoever, whoever yeah. the consumer is, not, not the middleman. Right. Well, I think these PBMs may be in some trouble. We'll see. But they, they argue that it makes the system more seamless and therefore How? more competitive. How does it make it more because, seamless? Because they say so? The PBM, so it's seamless. Yeah, but because they say so. That's, they say becomes, so. that's what it comes down to. It's because they say so. We say it makes it more seamless, so it is. And they are unusually profitable. Uh, intermediaries in the healthcare supply chain earned annualized excess excess returns, defined as the difference between their return on invested capital and their weighted average cost of capital. So they were making six, about 6% 6 return on their capital compared with 3.6% for the S&P as a whole. So they're making about almost 3% more than the, than the uh, a regular company on the S&P, who, by the way, probably makes excessive profits to begin with also. So they're, they're doing quite well. And, and who's not doing well? <laughs> <laughs> because I think that's I think Who's that's that's yeah well. I think that's who that's well then part of those the are the people who you need to address right the people but the part, people that need care and they have the crazy medical debt that they can't afford the patients are not doing well but the providers who are victims in a sense of this system are also living off this system so. It's hard for them to uh, to change the system from within, so to speak. Now that there was that strike at Kaiser Permanente, 
looking for better health care, but I'm not sure it was really related to the intermediaries of health care. I think only really the government can uh, can regulate these people, and I'm not sure that's sometimes well, the best thing either. So. Well, I doubt that that's gonna <laughs> doubt that's gonna happen. They can't even regulate themselves, let alone having to worry about regulate the whole country or an aspect of it. So well, let's not be cynical. Here. Well, why not? <laughs> It does. Well, don't don't you ever feel like after, you know, I, I've been working in healthcare for forty years. Don't you think forty glorious years? Forty, yeah, forty it's glorious, been 40 years. glorious years. Don't you didn't don't you feel some level of cynicism about the whole system when you're trying okay. to do what you can for the patients, work like a dog, and then when you, you look know, at CES processing thirty three percent of all. Prescription claims in twenty twenty two at billions of dollars. United Health processed twenty two percent. Cigna was twenty four. Poor Humana was only eight. So. We know you, you, you would think that on some level, right? Maybe some of the shift of these like ridiculous profits, other than to you know, like the CEO and the CFOs <laughs> and the the sweet C sweet. It's like a tongue twister. The C-suite people, um, you know, that, you know, I think if they paid some of their providers and their ancillary staff and everything better to take care of patients, uh, you'd probably have better service, better service. Well, not only better service, but less turnover and higher, you know, costs that way for for organizations. CVS also provides 11% of the health insurance in this country. Mm -hmm. Of course they do. And and 25% of prescription revenues. So they're... I, I think I'm going to uh, buy some of their stock. Oh, you are? All right. <laughs> if you can't beat them, join them. Yeah, I guess so. But what is that? that doesn't help the average poor little person <laughs> who, who can't... You know, That's who's true. having a hard time getting by with, with all their medical issues. And everything, and I see it every day, every day that I'm at work. You know, people are worried about, you know, taking taking their pills. Can they take their pills? Can they afford their pills? How how much longer am I going to be the hospital because this is costing me too much money? You know, they they get into the hospital because you know they have stuff going on and they can't, you know, and they have no other choice but to get there. But mm-hmm. then once they're there. All they do is kind of see the dollar signs racking up and then what they're going to have to, you know, what they're going to have to owe. owe what do they say? 30% of the, bankruptcies are related to medical bills yeah, or something like that? You know, so, so so the poor patients, you know, and the whole big picture, you know, the biggest losers. The are, biggest are the, losers. The biggest losers <laughs> are the patients. Yeah. You know, they're stuck. Between a rock and a hard place of coming to get care, and then and then the other is the taxpayer, which are probably one and the same, and some of the pro- and some of the providers, and especially yeah. you know the, the ancillary staff and and all of that 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 make you know low wages and but providing care to patients. Now, wages have seemed to improve, haven't they, in the healthcare system? I mean, well, I think, RNs, I, I would think say for RNs, but certainly that was driven by the pandemic. And right. and that, 
you know, I mean, I don't know because I work as an NP, so I don't work on the floor as, a, as an RN, but certainly through the time of COVID and then when people were saying they were, weren't putting up with that and, you know, places weren't paying them for more for the hazardous, you know, duty, duty kind of that things that hazardous. they were doing. <laughs> exactly. So, you know, P- nurse, the nurse, nurses, nurses, yeah, nurses left, nurses left <laughs> in droves. Like the parasites of the healthcare system. Yeah. That's what they are. They're yeah. like parasites. So nurses left in droves and then they went to where, where they would get paid. Right. Because again, kind of the middleman, right. The middleman who for the traveling nurses, right for the for the agencies that provide staffing, you know, we're able to charge facilities. And how can you? You can't operate a hospital without. You can't operate a hospital without nurses. You you need them. You can't. You can't get away. You cannot get away without having nurses at the bedside. So you you, you got to find exactly. You need the nurse at the you bedside. You need your insurance administrator at the bedside. Exactly. <laughs> you don't need the bean counter from Aetna standing there over yes. you at the bedside. Because <laughs> they're not going to know what to do to help you. Right. Well, um, we discussed a lot the of the person. problems. Uh, the solutions appear to be somewhat evasive at this point. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they're essentially nil, <laughs> is what they are. <laughs> And it's it's so it's just so frustrating. Well, as I said, so even the people who are sort of being screwed by the system a little bit are working in the system. Yeah. And perpetuating it, so it's very hard to change the system. Well, it is. Well, and then what do you do? You know, the people that are are the everyday people showing up to take care of the patients. You know, do it because he's. You know, for a lot of people, it's not, not it's, only it's their, their call, paycheck, but it's their but calling, it's their like calling. That's right. It's it's you know it's kind of what they were called to do. Right, and so they'll do it even under the worst of conditions. Correct. Yeah. Yep. Well, if I had to do it all over again, I'd do it the same. You would. <laughs> yes, I would. Would I'd, you? I would much rather be a physician than a pharmacy benefit manager. manager. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's it's um you know again, and part of it is right because it's a calling. Right. You know, you you must do. So Absolutely. anyway. So well we didn't come up with any solutions how to fix this. So if people this have crazy little welcome to uh, let us know <laughs> yeah. what they think they are. Yeah. But um, you know, but that's this has been an ongoing discussion we've had for twenty years. So no solutions yet. Not yet. But but you know. We'll think of some. Yeah. <laughs> we don't know if they'll happen, but you know, we can always you can always have hope, right? Right. So, all right. Well, thanks for listening for another to another episode of uh, Medical Matters Podcast. Have a happy, healthy, safe week. You've been listening to the Medical Matters Podcast. Listen weekly for more news and wisdom from professionals who provide direct patient care. The information discussed on this program does not take the place of your provider. Check out past shows, additional content, and leave your questions and comments at medicalmatterspodcast.com.